The world of construction is transforming before our eyes. How we design, plan, quantify and build is changing day to day. But it's never been so easy to connect, share and bring people together. Our industry is reshaping. So how do we develop relationships? How do we overcome our fears? How do we generate business? And how do we ultimately become the best version of ourselves? This is Measured. I'm McDonaghy, and my guest today is... On this episode of Measured, we are joined by Noor Sheikh. So... Noor is a project manager with 15 years experience working with three different companies internationally. Yeah, Noor is amazing, genuinely. When she gets a job here in Australia, everyone is going to want her to be part of their business. Her very first job was working on the Burj Khalifa, which I don't know if, if anyone knows, but it's the largest building in the entire world. I've been up the Burj Khalifa and it's unbelievable. It's literally would hurt your neck looking up at it. That was Noor's very first job. She worked there for four and a half, five years, I think. Then she moved on to to working on two major mega projects, which were both um, within the healthcare industry. She immigrated to to Australia in in 2019, approximately five six months before COVID. And um, she did so to to give her kids a, a better life. She's a permanent resident. She's got her degree in architecture. She's got 15 years experience right from design stage, tender stage feasibility, right through to project delivery, managing major subcontractors and dealing with the Australian form of, of health and safety standards, working on international building codes. Noor is awesome. You're seriously like there's amazing people in Australia at the moment who aren't even working. If you give these people a chance, we're going to see that this, this talent gap begins to, to shorten and we start to see more people employed. It's better for the economy. Like, I, I just don't see why you, why you shouldn't meet this person instead of deleting this person. So listen to this episode of Noor. She's great. She's awesome. And reach out if you're interested. Her details are in the show notes and so are mine. So let's make something happen in Australia. I guess I'll just give you an introduction to who, who I am, Noor. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I classify myself as, I am a, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant as well. So mm-hmm. I, I moved to Australia in 2019. Before that, I lived yeah. in New Zealand for three years. But I, I've noticed since I've moved to this side of the world that there, there's a really weird and, and interesting thing that Companies in in Australia and New Zealand, for some reason, only want to hire people with local experience. And it's been something that I've had a bit of a a gripe about for for some time because I know and, you know, everyone knows that that Australia and New Zealand have been built on on immigration, you know. So I really, really just wanted to invite you on the podcast today to find out your story, I suppose. When did you get here? For me, it was mainly because of my children. I was pretty well there in a very good position, uh, earning very well, mm-hmm. having a very good lifestyle. But my children were growing up and I wanted them to do their university studies at least in uh, 
good colleges and mm-hmm. australia has good universities mm-hmm. and uh, between canada and australia i was uh, in two minds but then i like nature and going out and seasons mm-hmm. and all of that so i chose to come here mm-hmm. Great. and i got my pr i thought uh, let me come here and try yeah awesome okay so let's let's take it back to to the beginning near so mm-hmm. so what where are you originally from I'm from India, Mike. Yep, India. Okay. But, uh, yeah, most of my experience has been in uh, Middle East, or say precisely Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I see that you studied uh, an architecture degree. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so when you studied your architecture degree, mm-hmm. what what's your story then from from when you you started working in in the uh, UAE? I was uh, into architecture. I was doing designing for a few years in India. Mm-hmm. In UAE, I did it for a few months. And luckily, I had a contact on Burj Khalifa. And Burj Khalifa was just starting then. Mm-hmm. I was really lucky to get into that project, which is, of course, the tallest building in the world. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so uh, if you have been there, uh, you would have seen the Hall of Fame. Yep. My picture is there on the Hall of Fame. In oh, Bush. really? That's, yes. uh, that's cool. So I got an opportunity to work there and I was promoted as an area project manager. The area in which you worked in, as the, the at the top observatory, you would have gone up, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that area has been managed by me as an area project manager. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you, you, started, um, you started, you studied architecture. And then you yes. got your first job on the biggest building in the world. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. What did you learn from that job? Okay, that job introduced me to project management, mm-hmm. and um, I I realized that I'm really good at uh, project management in that job, and uh, I really thrived on that project. It was both learning experience, and I was giving. I had to prove myself because the person who gave me that opportunity to be a project manager at that young age, I had to prove myself also. And, and I had to prove to myself and to the people who gave me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I really gave my best. I, my area was delivered on time on that mm-hmm. project. And it had like multiple stakeholders. There were like different aspects to that project. If you see there are visuals, there's AV, there's fit out, there's MEP, there are different aspects. Mm-hmm. different stakeholders, different types of contracts. It was like a design and construct, as they call here. There mm-hmm. they call it design and build. So there was a part of it, which is design and build. There was a part of it, which is from the main contract. Mm-hmm. So all these different things, I adapted very quickly. I learned them and I delivered that project. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all my colleagues, even the client can watch for me, for my performance on that project. So what were your main responsibilities? You know, were, were you managing subcontractors, doing the programming and planning, coordinating yeah. site activity? What, what was your main responsibility? So initially I started as a coordination um, architect. Mm-hmm. I was managing all the changes, getting them all sorted out and all of that. Then later when I became an area project manager, so that was with the client side PM, which is Turner International was the project manager on that project. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Turner, I was uh, mainly uh, managing the main contractor. That's the main contract part of it. Then there was a design and build side of it. 
in which I was managing the GSM who were from Canada. They were the consultants and they had their own contracting team also. So I was managing both of these people and I was also looking into um, the client aspects because there was heavy involvement from the client side. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, because, you know, it's at the, at the top and they have their own requirements on how the area needs to be. The music scores, everything. I mean, it had so many different aspects in that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it must have been fun. It you was. Know. It was. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I didn't even look at it as work, you know. I really yeah. enjoyed every day there. So I guess that was, you know, when you were just out of uni- university. And... Yeah, like a few years out of university. And even the fastest elevators in the world, it mm-hmm. was like a ride for me. And I used to enjoy going up and down in that. And I really <laughs> enjoyed that project. I remember when I was at the top of the Burj Khalifa, it's um, like I was up there with my, my, my wife and mm-hmm. you, you, you literally, it's, it's so far up that you, yes. you, you can't even hear it. Like it's just so quiet. Yeah, there are days uh, when uh, we used to have clouds lower than the, that floor level and yeah. i really used to make sure i go up and see that and have a view of that yeah <laughs> that's so, so cool yeah. i remember I, I paid for like the vip package and so, you got you got like a little gl- a wee cup of tea and all beforehand yes, yeah. um yeah. yeah but it's it's uh, that's that's so cool so you're on the hall of fame of the largest building in the entire world yes yeah that must be, that's certainly an, an achievement that you can tell your kids all about i'm sure yeah you know, you moved on then to, to working for, for Samsung. So yeah. tell, tell me about that. So Samsung were the main uh, contractor along with B6 on uh, Burj Khalifa project. Mm-hmm. So when Burj Khalifa was almost finishing, that's when the recession hit. Mm-hmm. And a um, lot of projects were on hold. And uh, Turner did offer me uh, work in Qatar. I mm-hmm. didn't want to move out of the country because my husband was also working there. Meanwhile, Samsung got Cleveland Clinic Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. which is a hospital project, and they asked me if I would want to join them. So basically, I'd never had interviews in those 15 years. Mm-hmm. So you, you've, you've never had an interview before? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, in those 15 years, it was always like, do you want to come here? And I would just go <laughs> into that project. Yeah. So that, that's, kind of, that's a, a real testament for, for your work, though, if you've never had to interviewing people yeah I, I, when i came here i was like oh i i mean it's been so many years since i gave interviews that's what i realized when i came here i was like now i need to start getting into the interview yeah, that's cool so what were you doing for what were you doing for samsung i see that you were doing fit out modular yes uh with samsung that project had uh, b6 and uh here it's called b6 Vatpack in australia mm-hmm so B6 Vatpak and Samsung again did joint venture in Cleveland Clinic also. And um, there I got introduced to a new concept called modular construction, which is called as DFMA here. Mm-hmm. So for that, I was the project manager for everything, which is like design and fabrication, installation, all aspects of that, basically delivering all of that. Mm-hmm. And then there was the other aspect, which is the fit out and uh, clinical coordination and all of that, Mm -hmm. which there was a building, uh, acute care patient building. So that one and uh, these projects, especially in uh, Middle East, they all have this uh, royal spaces. Mm -hmm. They're called as presidential suites now. So they have this extremely high-end fit out. I specialized in that in Burj Khalifa, delivering all this high-end area. So... Mm -hmm. They just thought I was the right fit for that, and they told me to take over that. 
looking at your background a little bit more, so you, you mentioned obviously modular and you mentioned really sort of high-end fit out. You know, I know, I know, you know, some of the high-end fit out that they do in the Middle East is, is second to none, you know, yes. globally. But you've also done a lot of um, like hospitals and health and that sort of thing, yes. yeah? Yeah. Because that's a, that's a big thing in, in Australia right now is, is social, they call it social infrastructure, yes. health, health education, right. that, that sort of thing. Right, yes. It was all about uh, coordinating all these uh, highly specialized radios, both mm-hmm. the clinical aspects, and then you have to make it look good also because these hospitals are all like five-star, seven-star level sort of places. Yeah. So the interiors were also high end at the same time, of course, the clinical requirements were there. So we did all of that coordination, basically delivering that area and doing everything that needs to be done mm-hmm. to get it to the final stage. So what's the, what was the most complex and technical project that you delivered during your time? So I would say the most recent one. So I did, I did only three projects mm-hmm. in these 15 years Oh, right. because I worked on them from the conception to the practical completion. Mm-hmm. Start to the end, five years on uh, Bush Khalifa, another three plus years in Cleveland Clinic, mm-hmm. and uh, six plus years in um, SSMC, which is called as Sheikh Shakut Medical City. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's also uh, another high end mega project, 732 bed hospital project. It has all the departments that you have in hospitals. Mm-hmm. It has like different, I mean, EDs are always there. You have this oncology, you have LDRs, and you have a hybrid OR also. Different, uh, everything is covered. It's a 732-bed hospital project. Mm -hmm. And again, it's being operated by Mayo Clinic, who are the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I I know that, um, you know, within a a hospital, you know, the the building services, the the different packages that you're, you're overseeing mm-hmm. are probably the, the most sort of complex in, in, in many aspects you know with the, the ventilation the, the different laboratories yeah, the I mean, clean rooms it's one is the general building um you know the general aspects of the building life safety MEPs and all that which you have in uh, normal typical buildings and then mm-hmm. the other thing is this most complex clinical part of it so mm-hmm. we had to get all of this together I was driving all these workshops with the MEP teams, with the medical teams, with the contractors, even to the subcons. We used to have this three-hour site walks every day morning. Every, I would, every day? Every day morning, on yeah. towards the end, like the last two years, at least. Because there were so many zones to be covered. So each zone used to take so much time, lots of issues. Mm. We used to um, uh, clear all this design and constructability uh, issues which are on site. I even gave presentations about, you know, when the design is done, there are things, every project will have that constructability part of it. Like, we want to do something, but can it really be built that way? Yeah. So while we were on site, we really resolved numerous, numerous issues like this. Mm-hmm. And so my director told me, just put together everything, all our lessons learned, mm-hmm. give a presentation to the design team. Mm-hmm. So that when they do their next projects, they keep mm-hmm. all these things in mind. So I did all of these presentations and, you know, lessons learned to the teams, even with the contractors. It was not just about clinical, medic, you know, uh, fit out, FFE, every aspect of the hospital. And this was one project where I was not doing only one area. 
like in Bush and Cleveland Clinic, I was responsible for an area. Here, mm-hmm. it was the full project that I was into. The full project. So the project is worth um, around about 1.5 billion. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you find that your architecture background helped you do within a lot of that sort of feasibility and pre-contract side of things? Yes. Because we don't look at it as just, you know, when I speak to our my MEP counterparts, mm-hmm. I'm only looking at power. I'm only looking at lighting or I'm only looking at fire, you know. Yeah. But I cannot look at things like that. We had to look at it as a whole. And uh, that's where we were bringing everything together and getting things right. Mm-hmm. Say on your last project for the, um, the, the medical city, mm-hmm. over a percentage of time, what percentage of your time was spent you know, specifically doing project management, design management, site supervision, you know, what what were the sort of percentages of of your time spent? Okay, the initial uh, years, which is the first year and the second year, it's usually more of design coordination. Mm -hmm. And you're getting all the subcons in, right? So pre-qualifying them and uh, reviewing their qualifications, checking their works and all of that. So once all these guys are in, then we get into the engineering mode of the project, wherein they start doing the submittals, material submissions, getting all the products approved, shop drawings approved, workshops. Mm-hmm. So that's one phase. And while this phase is going on, we get into the fabrication mode, identifying the long leads and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's one phase. And then we get into the installation mode of it. Yeah. And handing over also I've done. What type of subcontractors have you got experience in in managing okay it's mostly architectural and Mm -hmm. uh, fit out and um, everything like doors windows signage stone finishes Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean everybody who works on that project we had to qualify even the artwork i mean towards the end that was Mm -hmm. i think one of the last subcontractors we finalized that was fun though yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, that's, I, I never thought you'd need a subcontractor for artwork that's um that's that's pretty no, cool I mean, uh, like they had a different theme uh the theme was like adopt this this project concept was like the colors and everything they were adapted from the medicines in the middle east so the herbs mm. so that's how they derived the color theme for that so the artwork and even the signage everything had to go in together to follow that theme yeah. So that way, uh, my knowledge from the beginning, it really helped me in finalizing these guys and, you know, their work. Awesome. Yeah, obviously, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that the motivator for you to move to, to Australia was to set up a better life for, for your kids and, and, yes. and get them better education and, and that sort of thing. You know, what was your, 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 your thoughts, you know, on Australia before you arrived here? I got my PR way back. I came and did my first entry, but I was just into my new this uh, SSMC project and I didn't want to leave. I usually like to finish projects. Mm-hmm. So I finished the project. By then, my son was also ready to start his uni. Mm-hmm. And I contemplated a lot because I was really very well settled there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was promoted as a PM. Mm-hmm. And I was like uh, thinking a lot, but uh, you know, you have to make a choice. So I thought, okay, it's now the time for my kids to move up. Yeah. yeah. So I resigned from my position and I came here. Awesome. So when did you arrive in Australia? 2019, pretty much around the same time when you came. Yeah, yeah. So I I arrived in in June. So just just three months after me. Yeah, October I came here. Yeah. And um, 
it was like uh, did i make the right decision or not sort mm-hmm. of phase for a few months for me yeah trying to get into you know understanding what works and what doesn't work what should be my approach mm-hmm. and um, why did i leave all of that and come here mm-hmm. so how, how many years experience did you have in before you arrived in australia more than 15 15 years in these three projects and then a bit of design experience before yeah but uh, just before coming here also i worked on with the design teams mm-hmm. so you to deliver a few areas because that's that's pretty unique where you've worked on three really large projects you know with long life cycles as well so you're yeah. essentially taking it from con- conceptual stage right yes. right through to 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 handover and and finish Yeah and also with different stakeholders Mike uh, I worked with Turner who are the client side project managers mm-hmm. and I worked with the main contractor on Cleveland mm-hmm. Clinic I worked with the main consultant and the construction management consultant client side again mm-hmm. before coming here on the SSMC project So you've you've really the same project management from from nearly every angle apart from maybe yeah, subcontracting so As long as you have the knowledge it's not very difficult to work for different stakeholders Yeah. Well, there's some some people would struggle though, you know, like uh, <laughs> some people would would never want to work for a contractor and others would never want to work for for a client. So um no that that that's fair. So what 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 has it been like for you then trying to get a job in Australia? Okay, there are two sides of the coin. When I came, I called every possible person whom I knew. Mm-hmm. Or um I didn't know anybody here. to be honest i just knew a few people who were my colleagues on bush khalifa yeah i spoke to them and they did give me an introduction to one of the directors he was pretty open to meet me and speak to me that really gave me you know conf- i was confident after talking to him that it's okay i could manage getting something good or close to what i was doing but it was not just about the challenges of uh, migrants it was yeah. about So the timing when i came also the covid yeah. and all of that so that made it uh, even more difficult um, so that door was closed later uh, because they themselves were struggling to keep their own resources in the company yeah. because of covid yeah well you couldn't have timed it any worse really <laughs> <laughs> yes. i was like when i came it started with bushfires and then the covid uh, i know that's why i started i started a business in in 2019 So yeah, I feel probably forty years older for, from it, but um, <laughs> the, 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 this is this is the way it is though. Like this time last year, so it's the thirteenth today. So this time last year, everybody was getting made redundant, and yes. so many people yeah. were losing their jobs. But now this time this year, everybody's looking to hire people. So there are two things, Mike. One is the preconceived biases and fears they have, which mm-hmm. we cannot ignore we have to address them we, yep. and uh, instead of saying oh i was not treated well maybe i would rather clear that for them that yep. it's not like what you're thinking mm-hmm. so what what do you mean what do you mean by that do you mean that if you apply for a job you're just being maybe overlooked because yes you don't have local experience or you're from a different culture or is that what you yeah. mean that that's what i felt because i mean with this cv if i'm struggling Mm-hmm. to even get a call mm-hmm. i mean uh, then what else will they want i mean w- what is it they want mm-hmm. if what, with this experience on international projects 
and uh, culture fit shouldn't be an issue because with i worked with almost like 23 different nationalities in my last project yeah 23 nationalities few countries i came to know i learned that this country exists <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're, so, you're 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 learning about geography at the same time <laughs> yeah and i was like uh, we all can understand each other we all can work together we mm-hmm. all delivered projects together yeah so, and it's not it's not like you speak like you speak better english than i do you know it's <laughs> so like yeah i under it's it's such a it's such a strange thing but so have have you had any interviews so far or like what's up been like yeah okay uh, so when i came i approached a few people even the people who have been migrants mm-hmm. they are suggest uh, they are always like oh when we came we struggled a lot what does that imply so you also should struggle or you're not going to help me find something yeah <laughs> I know. So that's one disappointment I had that you went through these challenges. Why not help others? It's strange. I I do find that there there is a level of like arrogance sometimes when when like I've noticed it a couple of times when someone has got a job yeah. and they might be from like India or the Middle East or even Ireland or wherever it yeah. might be, and then sometimes they can be they can turn up their noses yes. at, uh, I, at others. I faced that a lot, Mike. When I called many people, they all said, "I." When I came, even they did good projects because I could see their profiles, and they all were. Most of them I spoke to were from Middle East. They worked there in good projects, good companies. But when they came here, they almost started from the beginning. Yeah, it's like beginners level, which is such a waste of all the experience. Yeah, and I felt that so also, but uh, they were. I mean, there were few people. They suggested, uh, you know, what what's the best thing for you? Go and approach recruitment consultants. I did send mails, but there was no response. One or two were really good. They spoke to me and they told me, like, do you approach uh, tier one uh, contractors or you approach these companies? It's better for you and things like that. Yeah. And I took that input and I tried that also. All these immigrants who are now settled, they. Um, gave me a suggestion approach recruitment consultants but never anybody gave me a contact saying look i approached this guy he is pretty good mm-hmm. uh, let me introduce you to him yeah that didn't happen yeah it's it's it, i don't understand why you know people yeah. I, i always feel like you should try and give people a, a hand up in life if you can yeah. you know like why 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 knock people down you know or yeah, i guess if if you can help someone it, it's And if you do, and if you choose not to, that's exactly my point. Why not? What are we losing by yeah. giving one contact? You know, by introducing someone. It doesn't make any sense. So, have you dealt with things? You know, has it been a struggle for you? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. When I came, I did work for one company. It was uh, one of my subcontractors had uh, a contact here. He introduced me, but uh, they offered me what they had. like despite all of my experience it may be great but then that's what what they needed mm-hmm. at that time and i needed a job yeah i didn't want to finish all my savings here with two mm-hmm. grown up kids and expenses mm-hmm. and uh, i was offered a job uh, which involves estimating and t- tendering and a bit of contract admin again uh, almost like slightly about the beginners role sort of thing yeah and um it was again a specialist subcontractor so limited uh, 
involvement into the overall uh, sort of projects. I did coordinate with tier one contractors, tier two contractors, suppliers, and all of that. I did look into all the building codes. I didn't find it difficult. Mm-hmm. So the local experience aspect of it, I didn't find it difficult integrating or learning or, you know, I don't know the international building codes, which I have used for years. I don't yeah. need to know them. It doesn't have to be in my head. I just need to know what to look for, where, which clause and things like that. Yeah. Disability codes are all the same, almost. It's just a different name for the code. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what I've been told many times is that there, yeah. there, 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 there's nothing unique or, or complex about them. It, it's just following a procedure most of the time. Yes. And also, the, I, we used Australian health facility guidelines in the SSMC project because mm-hmm. uh, Abu Dhabi health guidelines are basically an adaptation of these guidelines and um, a bit of tweaking culturally whatever the requirements or yeah. local requirements are integrated into that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, in terms of uh, local codes and all of that, I don't think that should be considered as a, something that hinders your, you know, employment or you know, hiring and all of that. So, what 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 type of jobs have you been applying for? I've been applying for uh, mainly design management. When I came, I applied for project manager jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, I understood that. Um, if it's client facing, uh, many people told me just step down and apply for uh, uh, jobs, positions which are a bit uh, lesser than what you think uh, you are capable of doing. Yeah. After a point, Seek was Seek really frustrated me. Yeah. <laughs> and the responses and all of this, I stopped mm. looking at it and I stopped even you know taking that approach. I did uh, get one interview from uh, New South Wales Health for a project manager sort of position they have this health manager level one and things like that yeah that was i think because of the responses i gave to the questions they had about project management Mm -hmm. and uh, only five to six people came for that interview one of them was me i was not selected i asked for the feedback the person was project director he was very good Uh, he told me what the issue was is I don't have the local governments governance knowledge, mm-hmm. which I cannot have unless I get into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's you're, it's it's weird. Like you're kind of at a lose lose in in some yeah. in, in so many ways. But I kind of want to do I want to do these little interviews and podcasts with 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 people like you and and Hani last week because yeah. I think it's so important that that. Australian companies see that there's so many good people out there. and I'm really happy that you're doing that. In fact, it crossed my mind that I have to do something about bringing these things forward. And I, when I saw you doing that, I was really happy to see that. So that's yeah. why I commented that, you know, I'm so happy you're doing that. No, it, 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 it's great that you're, you're involved. So I guess what, what type of roles would you be happy to, to do? Obviously, design management. You mentioned project management. Yeah. You know, would or, you be happy to do like design coordination or project coordination, stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I did apply for those roles also because then it's just, uh, I mean, the next step to project coordination is project management. And if they see that I'm doing it well, I thought, you know, I could uh, ask later after a year or so that, see, yeah, done all of this and I could do yeah. all of this. This is my past experience. Can I have a step up? 
You see, so that the, 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 the project manager role in Australia is so different from everywhere else that I've recruited. So I've recruited in the UK and Ireland and New Zealand. And, you know, I know a lot of people from the Middle East. The project manager here is kind of like the, B, the, the main person, is like yeah. the number one person on, on the project. And so you kind of have to build your way up to get into those yeah, roles. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm recruiting for a couple of project manager positions at the moment, mm-hmm. but they want someone who's across everything, you know, basically mm-hmm. someone who can run that business unit by themselves, who knows all the subcontractors by their their first yeah, name yes. and their middle name and their last name. That want- aspect of it, getting familiar with the local subcons and all that, that of course will take time and you have to know them well. I, yeah. I did apply for project engineer positions on healthcare projects, which uh, for the uh, contractors also. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I was exactly the right fit and I could do this job so well. Just reading the job description, I just, I was so excited to, you know, see that. And I was like, it, if I really get into this project, it's really good. Yeah. But I didn't hear back from them. Yeah. You see, the problem with that is, and I've had experience in that as well, is that when you apply for a project engineer position, unless you have an engineering degree, they can't bring you on board as a project engineer. So what they typically have to do is, even if you're the perfect fit, they'll have to change your job title to project coordinator instead of project engineer. <laughs> so it is, there's so many challenges involved. Yeah. And I sympathize w- w- with you and with everything that you've done. You know, you've, you've made an incredible commitment to come over here, Noor, and, 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 ch- and change your life and give your kids a better life. And what is the one thing that, that you're hoping for from, from 2021? You know, even obviously a job is going to be great, but yeah. what, what, what are you hoping for? Uh, I'm not somebody who gives up. Good. I was like, I have so much knowledge. If you're not valuing it, I will teach it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> So that's what I started. Even when now, okay, there was um, one of the mentors told me, people need to know who you are because people here don't know you. Mm-hmm. My circle was all back there in Middle East and, uh, you know, mostly in Middle East, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started based on uh, the mentor's advice that I started posting. I started uh, writing articles. I was uh, showing the knowledge that I have. Yeah. And uh, while I was doing that, I was approached by like, I can't tell you how many, I mean, N number of uh, candidates asking me to look at their CVs. Mm-hmm. And I did help a few of them saying, I mean, you can't send this CV to anybody. You have to change this, you know. Yeah. You can't give it like this and expect a job or expect somebody to call you. So I did things like that. And uh, it's not like I've not been doing anything, even with her, uh, even in the residential. I helped two clients here who had uh, some flow plans and they were doing the home and land packages. And I was like looking at them like, this is so dysfunctional. I was like, (laughs) you could have used the done it so better. There's so much circulation space wasted and all these things. I was like, I gave them a lot of suggestions and improvised it, uh, helped them with their interiors and all of that. Yeah. Whatever knowledge I had, I used it. So what, what would you say your main strengths are? Okay, I would say one is project management, uh, getting things done, appointing contractors, all of that that comes about the delivery side of the project Mm -hmm. and the design management on the design side of it because I don't want to get into softwares. Mm -hmm. So I would say design management, not not at this stage. It doesn't matter even if I'm new here or whatever, I don't want to get into 
yeah. software. <laughs> well, there, there, there's a few. There's a few companies that I know of. That we'll speak about uh, you know offline. You know who do a lot of healthcare and are on the client side. So they're more susceptible to those coming from like an architecture background or international experience yeah. as well, you know. So we'll talk about that a little, a little bit more, Nur. But I, I guess, you know, what, what what is it that you would like to say to people out there? If there's any companies or any contractors or consultancies listening, what would you like to say? Companies is at least meet that person mm-hmm. before uh, you know, making any assumptions. If the CV is good and if it goes with what you uh, you want of course then meet that person at least mm-hmm. i i gave one interview in which the hr spoke to me and uh, she was fine she said look uh, i'll talk to the director and um, see because uh, right now we just finished with hiring and but we are going to hire again mm-hmm. i'll talk to the director but uh, i didn't get to speak you know, get an interview with the director she just said that he decided to go with another candidate mm. Yeah, that happens all the time. I want I, to know why. I mean, at least meet and you know. Yeah, mate, mate, don't delete. That's what I've sort yeah. of um, <laughs> co- co- coined in this th- th- this little series as an example of that. Three four years ago, when I was in Auckland, someone rang me at about five o'clock on a Friday, <laughs> and he had just arrived from India, and oh, he was okay. jet- and, and he was probably the last person I wanted to speak to at that moment. In, you know, he had time, yeah. <laughs> he had no experience. He had well, he had experience in India, but he hadn't had experience in in Australia or in New Zealand at the time. And something in me, I, I just said, that, "Okay, come in and meet with me on Monday." And he brought it. He, he came in to meet with me, and he brought his wife as well. And so I met with them both. And about fifteen minutes later, a client called called me and said, "I'm looking for someone," and I didn't have anyone else apart from him. Mm-hmm. And so I got him in for I got him in as a contractor, and then Lucky I got him. Guy. So I got him twelve months, and then I got him another job, and then I got him another job, and then I also no, got his I got, also got his wife a job. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is what I mean. Like you, you've got to meet people that you don't you yeah. don't understand the human qualities of someone unless you spend some time with them. What I I met a few directors. All of them were extremely happy after meeting me. They said, "I have no doubt that you'll be an asset to our company." Definitely, mm-hmm. when when things are in tender stage, I mean, we can't really blame uh, people who wanted to meet me even for an informational interview. They mm-hmm. did take out their time. I have to appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, if they are telling me personally, calling and telling me, see, there are things on tender. We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. I have to respect that. Yeah, no, I, I understand, and I, and I do respect yeah. that as well. You know, like. A lot of these contractors and consultancies have had a really terrible 12 months and yeah. a lot of them don't even review CVs most of the time. You know, they, 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 oh, they okay. need someone like me or another experienced recruiter to introduce you and actually speak to them about you, about your experience and your qualities yeah. in order to get them to meet with you. Yeah, there's another instance where people send me messages on LinkedIn saying, I think your profile is very good. It uh, goes so well with our requirement. And then they ask me to send a CV and then they don't even respond back. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. Like One of the things that we're trying to do as a business is to try and give everyone feedback. And in all honesty, we probably get it right 60 to 70% of the time. Sometimes we, we, we just haven't got the capacity to give everyone feedback. So we'll get so many, for example, for a site supervisor job, there might be 100 people apply for it, you know, and yeah. 
90% of them aren't even the right, the right sort of fit for the company. Yeah. I guess I want to I end this on a positive note. And I want to I wanna talk about, you know, summarize your experience a little bit, Nur. So you, you, you've worked for over 15 years. You've got worked on some of the biggest projects in the world. You've got experience in everything from design coordination, design management, tendering, right through to project management and delivery. You're ready to work. And yes, you're ready I'm to... reaching to work. I want a proper project. <laughs> you know, <honestly>. Yeah, <laughs> great, great. Is there anything that you'd like to? Anything else you'd like to say? For what worked for me was uh, go to the recruitment consultants because they will try to clear up that biases or whatever assumptions are there for you. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, there are people who, um, in my network, they did help me. I, I won't say that they didn't. If it didn't work that time, that means there was something not available or something. That yeah. Just don't write off people. Do your best. And um, there are things which are there. I cannot talk about it right now, but uh, I, I, I'm very positive about it, that it might work for me and things like Good. that. 2021 is going to be your year, Nir. I've, I've got a feeling. Yeah. I, can, I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> so, no, thank you for coming on the, the, the show today. And listen, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this that would like me to introduce you to Noor or you want to connect with her directly, we'll put her LinkedIn profile in, in the show notes. But listen, you've got to give people a chance. You've got to meet, don't delete. Thank you so much for listening to Measured with me, Mick Donaghy. Our goal with this podcast is to create a community of construction professionals from a variety of backgrounds and experiences to develop, learn, and grow together. As a business, our aim with Franco and Smith is to become the most respected pre-construction and quantity surveying recruitment agency in Australia within the next five years. Thereafter, our goal is to build a 100-year company that outlives us as owners, but lives on in the careers and legacy projects we recruit for. Listening to this podcast is being a small part of that journey and we are forever thankful for your time. If you'd like to connect further with our ever-growing community, check out the Measured Facebook and LinkedIn pages. Thanks for listening to Measured. Catch you next time.